Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt. And we are the Brothers Brandt. Welcome to episode 61. We've made it this far. The Southeast Road Trip. We're getting to it. We're bringing the goods on this one. Shout out to Tim Wright. Huge thank you for coming on the pod. Friend of the pod, episode 60. Going over his NFL career and a prediction from the Super Bowl. Uh, Episode 61, all about the Southeast. Rick, tell, tell tell the listeners what they're in for. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know Rob Brand and I are all about our sports road trip. This whole shebang started back in 2013 when we went to 10 games in 10 days, had an amazing time, and afterwards said to ourselves, we got to do this again. So two years later, in 2015, we looked at the West Coast and we went to 10 games in 10 days on the West Coast. And just like the first trip, it did not disappoint. However, After the second West Coast trip, we turned it up a notch. When in 2017, we targeted the Southeast region of the United States, and we didn't go to 10 games in 10 days. We went to 12 games in nine days. Rob, we upped the ante on games, and we brought it down to nine days. It was pure mayhem. I was exhausted for weeks after that trip, but the memories, the memories have lasted a few years, and they will last a lifetime. This- what up, everybody? Sorry to interrupt the regular programming right here, but Rick and I have to pay the bills, so we're going to run an ad. This ad is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the show, guys. Podcast is going to be delicious. I can't wait to dive into this nine-part series going through this legendary epic sports road trip in the Southeast, college football games, NFL football games, Major League Baseball games, as the playoff push was on in September. But this podcast episode, Rob, is all about Clemson and Georgia. Our road trip got kicked off by a tour 
of the athletic facilities in Athens, University of Georgia. And then later that afternoon, we did the same at Clemson. Let's dive deep into how amazing those two athletic programs facilities are. Let's do it. But Rick, did I hear a shebang and a delicious dropped by you? Did you just say delicious? This is going to be delicious. You certainly did. This is something that you're going to be gobbling up for weeks, months. Listeners are going to be listening to it once, twice, sharing it, going back for a third time. They're not going to be able to handle this nine episode podcast series. Talk dirty to me, Rick. Talk dirty to me. Let's roll. Let's roll. All right. So anyway, moving on to uh, to the podcast, and and you know this was this was such an insane road trip that we put together. Um, in, in previous road trips, we did all driving. We were in control. We, we, we had, we had the steering wheel for the, for the road trips. This was the first road trip that we ever broke up by a flight. We had to, we had to rely on other transportation besides for driving. Um, and we also encountered a hurricane, a hurricane in Miami (laughs) that we almost got stranded at the airport for. So this was an insane road trip. Rick, you going to say something before we get down to Georgia? I would also make the case that on the final day of this road trip, we crossed paths with one of the most spectacular individuals. We didn't engage or have conversation with, but we literally were driving on an interstate in Texas when you and I passed by the Golden Tickets tour bus, which would later lead to marvelous road trips together with our buddy, Ram Silverman, the Godfather, friend, friend of the, the pod. pod, friend of the pod, Rams, Ram Silverman, and a dear friend. So, Rob, this was a spectacular road trip as it occurred and unfolded, and then it led to so much more. I want to know about day number one. I know our listeners want to know about day number one. No games were involved. This was just coordinated tours of athletic facilities. You and I did the dirty work. We researched their athletic department staffs. And we looked up different people that we thought would be the right point of contact because we had experienced such a marvelous uh, journey out in Oregon by getting the tour from our buddy Andy at the University of Oregon a few years prior. We saw how valuable that was and how it it enhanced the experience of the road trip, getting the behind the scene tour. And that's what we did at the University of Georgia, Rob. We reached out, we established contact, relationships, several months i'm talking maybe april may june that's when the relationships were born and who did who did you talk to rick who did you talk to give the listeners a little background on this so they can do this of their own one day when sports reconvene i agree all right so here's the deal we looked at a couple different departments and one in particular is the fundraising department um within athletic departments it is absolutely critical athletic departments they are built on donations big time donors you know we're talking the hundreds of thousands the millions of dollars that athletic programs receive on an annual basis and you and i are by no means in that category in that boat Not at, at this point all whatsoever zero percent go on a lot, a lot of times it's big time alumni successful business people that contribute back to their athletic programs. However, there is this mentality when you work in an athletic department in this specific field 
of donor relations. You want to be almost like a tour guide oftentimes. You want to be very welcoming, almost as if it's like a membership type thing. And you're recruiting new members, aka recruiting new donors. And we at no point did we lead this gentleman on or uh, made him believe that one day we would be contributing significant dollars to the athletic program. That was never discussed. It was simply understanding and recognizing that, you know what, this department, these staff members, they want to put on a show. They want to showcase what they have. I know that, you know that, and listeners out there, please take this nugget and hold on to it because you got to reach out to the right people. You're not going to reach out to the athletic director himself because he's too busy. He's not even going to get back to you. We simply were ourselves. We were authentic. You and I, Rob, we put together a nice packet, a great presentation, itinerary for our road trips with logos. And it's really an impressive document that uh, we included both via email, but physical communication, going a step above and printing it out, mailing it down to this person, making it attention to them so that when they open it up, they say to themselves, wow. This is legit. Like these guys, not only are they going to do a fun sports road trip that is like way out of this world, 12 games in nine days, but they're putting in the work. They've got this super organized. And you know what? If I, this is me thinking as like the staff member in the athletic department, man, if I could take like 20 minutes or a half hour out of my day, months from now, we can coordinate it when it works for my schedule to show these guys around and what we have to offer. I'm going to do that. And so you're just hoping, Rob, that the connection is felt and it's mutual. That's what happened at Georgia. We didn't have the same luck at Clemson. That same day, we made our own tour, Rob. We'll get into that. But let's talk Georgia athletics. Tell me some of your favorite parts and memories of walking around those facilities together. Yeah, yeah. Right off the bat, Rick, um, I'm just going to say I was too narrow-minded when I was looking at colleges, and I just wish someone would have poked me and said, hey, why don't you go down south and check out some of these facilities? Because in a heartbeat, I would have went to one of these SEC schools without a doubt. When I have kids, I swear I'm taking them on a tour of the SEC. Um, they're going wherever they want down there. These facilities are just unbelievable. The amount of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars that get poured into the facilities are insane. So one of my favorite things was, you know, going to the football facility and seeing what these division one and future NFL players get, get to have. I was a D1 soccer player, a small school in North Jersey, and I was blown away at these facilities. They had not only like one, two or three extra grass fields to practice on, they also had a whole indoor facility, a hundred yard field that they could practice on. Um, it was spectacular and it rivals, I would say Georgia's athletic facility rivals NFL facilities, like without a doubt rivals the NFL facilities. Um, so their, their indoor arena was amazing. I just remember that their grass fields were beautifully manicured. And I'm like, of course, these players are going to the NFL. Look at the facilities that they have. And something that I thought was very cool was just touring the campus and seeing how perfectly manicured it was and how big it was and robust. And, uh, and uh, the low key, the gym, the football is not the most impressive sport at, at, uh, at Georgia in terms of championships. 
it's actually their gymnastic program that is like un, like they they almost go national champs every single year and seeing what the facilities were like for their gymnastic program just blew my mind um that was that was really cool checking out their facilities checking out the basketball arena checking out their practice facilities and just seeing how perfect everything was absolutely the weight rooms are spectacular the meeting rooms where the football team players meet are in these luxurious leather seats and everything's logoed out and embroidered and it's so spectacular it's like how could you not be great how could you not learn and study film and it was so cool i remember us hoisting up two heisman trophies that were on display in the football facility i remember yeah. herschel walker right exactly it was so cool to grab those great get a great picture together the athletic facility also too had a great area that was dedicated to recognizing the achievements of the athletic program over its history so you had all different sports that had uh, statues, plaques, uh, just information, pictures of alumni that have achieved athletic success. And you and I, we have a friend who was a, a great equestrian at the University of well, Georgia. Two sisters, Abby and Meg O'Mara from Rumson, New Jersey, uh, esteemed equestrian riders. Uh, you know, shout out to them, friends of the pod big friends of the pod and uh, they're probably riding horses somewhere. Uh, but they, uh, they are the most decorated SEC riders and Georgia riders in history, I think. Yeah. And they were on display in this athletic facility. And so were so many other great alumni, Rob, it was remarkable. Uh, I'll just say real quick, their golf course, which we didn't get a chance to see or play that day, which I actually had played at uh, earlier in the summer because I had a friend's wedding down there. Um, beautiful golf course, really uh, just so many guys on the PGA Tour are former Bulldogs. So all athletics there are terrific. I thought the baseball stadium was really cool. Uh, the baseball facilities, it was just all around, like you said, the manicured properties, like they have maintenance crews that are just responsible for making the pathways and the bushes and the trees look really great. It's really impressive it's almost like a small little town or city when you're on some of these college campuses and the university of georgia was spectacular we would come back eventually a few days later to go to a georgia bulldogs game on campus in athens but rob that was the first half of our day so like we landed in atlanta we drove to athens did this late morning tour and then we drove about an hour or so away to the University of Clemson, where we didn't have a guided tour. So just keep in mind, when we were walking around the University of Georgia, we had a staff member with us. He was literally like, hey, let's go see this building. I arranged for this and that. And like, that was really cool and fun. At the University of Clemson, we did our own thing, didn't we? We did our own thing. We had a blast. Um, we were unscripted. Uh, in in Clemson and Clem, it was very cool to see like Georgia and Athens is like kind of like this really big city and Clemson is a city but it's not like this big overwhelming city and Athens isn't overwhelming but it's like got a hundred bars got a huge party asset to it Clemson is like this really cool college town tucked away in South Carolina 
and they got a cool little downtown strip area with a bunch of five different bars on it. It's, uh, you know, there, there's, I think there's only like 15 or 20,000 people that go to Clemson versus Georgia, which is 60,000. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Clemson is a private school. It's not the uh, University of South Carolina, which is in Columbia, which is like the main public college in, uh, in South Carolina. So a um, little more intimate setting highly recommend uh, checking a tour there. And the day that we went, I believe it was on a, uh, on a Thursday or Friday, I think it was on Thursday or Friday. And, and uh, when we did the tour, it was on a Friday, it was on a Friday and they were playing Saturday. And that was the first game of the year after they won the national championship. So you got to put this in, in, in reference. We're there day before the first game of the year. They just won the national championship the year before. They're, they got, everybody's got, it's called Pride Fridays. They got orange on, everybody's wearing orange. It was just like a very cool time to go to Clemson and embrace that feel. Like I felt the energy walking around campus. Everybody had orange on, which was cool. And uh, Rick and I had our Clemson swag on. And, you know, the first thing we wanted to do was check out the stadium because the stadium is super iconic. Um, and they have, um, it, it's called Death Valley. So, so uh, you know, why is it called Death Valley? Okay, so uh, pretty, pretty interesting fact here. Uh, years ago, uh, this was built uh, on a hill. So it was built on like a hill and there was a, um, uh, there were graves and a cemetery like across the street and all that stuff. So they kind of nicknamed it like, you know, Death Valley, but a coach from years ago went to the actual Death Valley in California and he brought a lava rock back, this massive lava rock back from Death Valley, California. And he, when he came back, they, they memorialized it and put it in a shrine uh, just at the uh, top of the end zone. And one of the end zones in this stadium, they call it, what is it, the best uh, 30 seconds in sports, Rick? The, the best 30 seconds in sports. And Clemson, they, one of their end zones isn't even seats. It's just a grassy hill, a grassy knoll hill where people stand to watch the game. But prior to the game, so everybody warms up on the field. And then uh, prior to the kickoff, like a couple minutes before kickoff, when the teams are coming out, Clemson will actually exit the stadium and go around the back of the back of this grassy knoll. They'll open up the gates and then there's a the rock that's memorialized in a glass stone and every player will touch the rock and then come down the hill and like sprint down the hill and onto the field with balloons releasing, uh, a flyover going by, you know, stadiums rocking and pumped up and everyone's like getting fired up. So, so that's like what we wanted to see. Rick and I were just like, heck yeah, let's get over. And we'll tell more of that story on our next, uh, next uh, podcast episode because that's the actual games that we went to. Uh, so we'll dive deep on that. But we saw that on TV and we were like, yeah, we gotta go and check out this stadium. And these stadiums, and it's kind of, it's almost scary in a way, Rick, like, you know, some of these stadiums, they're just security is just at a bare minimum. And we went over to the stadium and we were like, yeah, let's take pictures around the stadium. And then we saw a gate wide open. There was just a gate wide open, no security, nothing, absolutely nothing. So we were like, heck yeah, let's go and get a picture on the center of the, uh, 
the center of the 50 yard line where it's got that, uh, you know, beautiful orange paw, the Clemson logo. So we go out and we start taking photos on the field and we start taking photos with on the, on the Clemson paw, you know, lying there, taking photos, having a good time. We go over to that rock. We, we check out the rock that, that was there and we take pictures by, um, by the Death Valley rock, which was sweet. We walked all around the stadium and just took pictures, went all the way up to the top row and started taking aerial photos. And it was, it was a blast, wasn't it, Rick? It was so cool to just check out the stadium. You described it perfectly. The buzz was on campus as high as it could be. They had just won the national championship the year before. But oddly enough, the stadium was as quiet as anything I've ever seen before. There was no other humans around. And like you said, we took a bunch of pictures. We went into the locker room. Uh, there was like some office areas that we were checking out. It was just really neat to, we knew we tomorrow, less than 24 hours, we're going to be in a full sold out rocking stadium on a Saturday afternoon to kick off the season. And it was just interesting that it was so quiet and peaceful, the calm before the storm. We enjoyed it there, but there was more to see because we didn't want to just see the stadium. We wanted to go see where they practice because college athletic practice facilities are remarkable. And what we did, Rob, I recall us going over to their football building specifically, as we've alluded to, they won the national championship just the year before for the first time ever in school history. They had the trophy on display in the lobby area which was so sweet to see in person. That was the first time for me physically seeing the now college football championship trophy in person. It's really an impressive trophy in any sport, but it's really cool. And they had so much on display. Like they had tigers, literally like stuffed tigers on display. Um, they had like a little um, shout out to their locker room, what it looks like with all the different cleats and glove combinations with the purple and the orange and the white all the different schemes that they have because that's a big thing that's like a recruiting tool for high school players they're interested in that type of thing and clemson yeah. puts it on display like hey we've got all these different options for uniforms and helmets and jerseys and so they did such a good job in that we like kind of messed around and we went around like to where the practice facility grass fields were and like started like pushing some of like their workout machines and like football exercise tools and it was just really fun i remember us doing that and then we rolled over to their golf facility do you remember hold on hold on rick there's two things that i want to bring up because the attention to detail at their uh football facility was so awesome one of them was we just talked about the hill that the players run down and if you remember, when you walk into their football facility, they have a staircase that goes to the second floor and not the staircase itself, but in between the staircase is like turf and it looks like the hill that they would come out on. And that was like the wall of fans that like simulated that. So just like having that feel at another facility nearby was really cool. But then I think you and I both thought this was hilarious. Um, so Death Valley is the name of their, uh, you know, the nickname for their stadium. And it gets rocking. It's like 80,000. It's a professional stadium, NFL stadium. It's awesome, like electric. Um, so super loud. But again, it was across from a cemetery and, you know, Death Valley stone, the rock. Um, so what they did was they simulated the Death Valley 
at their practice facilities and they had a graveyard and it's not an actual graveyard with bodies in it but what they did was they put tombstones and they would have tombstones that uh, memorialized major wins for the uh, for the university uh, in, in football games. So they would have like, you know, the bowl games that they won, the Orange Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, different bowl games. And those would all be gray. They would be gray. They would be, you know, big wins, ACC championship, whatever it was. And what, uh, what when they won the national championship, they actually had one black. It was an all black tombstone and it had Alabama, it has the score, it has like the, uh, I think it might even have the plays and all that stuff, like who, who, who scored the touchdowns and whatnot. And it was just a cool way to memorialize it. So picture, uh, you know, rows of like, you know, maybe at that time, 10 or 15 or 20 tombstones there for different victories that they had for bowl games. And now obviously, you know, five years later, four years later, it's, you know, they obviously have another championship and some other stuff. So it's probably, it probably looks really cool. Highly recommend that for the listeners. Well done, Rob. Way to get those in there. Those were two fantastic uh, attention and detail designs that their athletic program had put on display for guests to see and players to experience. Good stuff there. As I was saying, we rolled over to the golf facility, which is completely wide open. Um, there was like a maintenance woman who was like, like taking care of the flowers and the plants and things. And she was so nice. She let us in. She basically walked us around. But even the golf facility with their simulators and their equipment and their locker room and their bags and all the, all the tools and resources that were being provided to these college Division I golfers was just so impressive. And it just speaks to how much of a machine and how big of an industry college athletics really is. And we experienced that on this Friday. And the next day is arguably one of the greatest days of our lives. We did something that is almost impossible to do. We went to three, three, I just said three college football games in one day. And they weren't, they weren't little like easy scrub ones. They were big time games. Yeah, we're not talking about going to like a Monmouth University game on the Jersey Shore, pitching it to Rutgers and then going to like, you know, another like, you know, softball game, like, you know, another like, you know, Division three football game. These were like at that time, it was like three top 10 teams in or four top 10 teams in one day because the last one was Alabama versus Florida State. Uh, which was hyped up as the GOAT, the greatest opener of all time. And it was number four versus number one, Alabama being number one, Florida State being number four. Uh, and we saw Clemson at 12 o'clock and we saw Georgia at 4.30. And then we went to go see the eight o'clock game. This is unbelievable. That is going to be an absolute fire episode. Can't wait to do it. Me too, Rob. This has been episode 61 of the Brothers Brandt podcast. Thanks for listening. For all you listeners out there, my name is Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brandt. God bless.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.